weddings <laughs> and I do's. So uh, if you could tell us just a little bit, Stephen, um, what is uh, the Chapel of Eternal Love and return to the Chapel of Eternal Love? What are they really about? Well, they're really about a fictional Las Vegas wedding chapel. Uh, as you probably know, Las Vegas is the wedding capital of the world, the marriage capital of the world. And about 300 weddings are performed every day Wow! here in Las Vegas. And it contributes quite a lot to our economy. And um, I suddenly thought, with all these people coming to Las Vegas and getting married, why why are they not staying at home with their friends and family? Why are they sort of eloping here, if you will, and having That's a, a good quiet question. wedding? What brings them here to to, to Las Vegas? So I, I stumbled across the idea, idea and um, wrote this book, and it's it's really a novel, but it's a series of short stories. Um, if you will, the readers invited to spend a day at a wedding chapel, and as one couple arrives, it tells their story, and then as they leave, then another couple arrives, and they're all linked together through the office manager at the wedding chapel and her little dog, who you can probably see is on the the front cover, and they sort of link all the stories together. So that's what the um, the chapel of eternal love is all about. Um, it's, a, it's a nice work of fiction. And love does mean different things to different people, and we all marry for different reasons and purposes. And so that's why the stories are very diverse. Uh, it's not all about sex and passion. It is about love, and the book's about relationships. Does it does it become clear to you, Stephen, why 300 couples a day get married there? I mean, that that is an amazing number. It is. I, I think people really come here for for, for very very different reasons. It, um, I, I I haven't really figured out why. I I know that most people want to come to Las Vegas anyway. It doesn't matter where you travel in the world. If you say you live in Las Vegas, everybody's eyes light up like a slot machine, and everybody wants to come <laughs> here. And I don't know whether it's the excitement of the city or what, but I did want to just pitch a different side of the city. You know, we're always known as Sin City, and what goes on in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas, and it all sounds very nefarious and dark and what have you. I was just going to ask you that, Stephen. I was just going (laughs) to ask you that very question. How many people get married there because they feel like what goes on in Vegas stay in Vegas? They feel like if they get married there, they're not married anywhere else. They just married in Vegas. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what? You probably hit the nail on the head right there. For all I know, <laughs> could very well be true. <laughs> well, do you have any? Is there any information? I was curious because I was talking to someone before I came on the show today and telling him what we were talking about. And his first question was to me was, "Well, all these people get married there. Do we have any information about how many people get divorced after they're married in Las Vegas?" Um, I, I, I don't really know statistically how many of the marriages actually last. Um, you know, always pride ourselves on the fact we're the marriage capital of the world, and, and Reno in the north of Nevada, you know, they're the divorce capital. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> I like to think that we're the ones that bring people together down here 
in uh, Las Vegas. I, see. I suppose if people do come back and get married again in Las Vegas, you know that they all have to get licenses, etc. And I suppose some numbers could be run through computers looking for matching names, social security numbers, and so on and so forth. But I, I really don't have an answer for you on that one. I would well, like to think most of them stay married, but maybe that's just that a little nice. bit looking at things that's through probably, rose-colored glasses. I would, I would bet it's probably pretty much like national average, probably. But the, the stories there in the book, how close are these to reality? Um, well, I, I didn't actually interview any any couples. That they are literally, they are all fictional couples. Um, Truth to tell, I, I got the idea because I, I had written a biography on my travels. That's what originally triggered off my writing. And I went to see about getting it published and was told that, oh, nobody reads that stuff anymore. You've really got to write women's fiction. That's what sells. Well, you know, I was green and very naive and didn't know any difference. So um, I had some people from out of town that went uh, want to go to a wedding chapel and there was a couple sitting there waiting to go in and we started talking to them and that's what was really the inspiration for the book and when I go started to drive home I thought I wonder why they've come here and where they're from and then all these stories just flooded into my mind and by the time I'd got home the, the book was virtually written in my mind and I dashed the computer and put the outlines of the stories down and they're all very very diverse and um, as I said you know people marry for different reasons so um, uh, but the book never varied from the, the stories that came to my mind in that one journey home and they're all very fictional now what's interesting is that people have read it um, a lot of people have emailed and said oh I know a couple like that or I can relate to that story or I could relate to this so Hopefully there is an element of truth um, there along the along the way. Um, now there's a couple of examples on with a mixed marriage. There's a, a young Jewish lady who's marrying a Catholic guy, and both sets of parents are dead set against it. Um, but the, the story itself and the couple they weren't based on anybody I knew. I just sort of put the story together. But I. I would imagine there's probably several people that have encountered that, you know, in a mixed faith marriage, you know, opposition from the parents. Yeah. yeah. Naturally, through through the ages. <laughs> sadly, sadly through the ages, you're right. <laughs> well, if you live where I live, there's, that happens all the time. It's all kinds of... Well, I don't know if you don't have enough cows or enough chickens, you, you can't marry some people anyway. So, I mean. <laughs> what, what did he say? Did he did he say something about cows and chickens? Yeah, well, you know, some some places, if you know, you can't, you don't have enough material possession like cows, chickens, and horses. You know, you can't marry their child. Oh, I see. Now I understand. You're talking. About, oh, you got it. <laughs> Sometimes I need a translation A translation So Stephen do you mind if we ask personal questions Um, No (laughs) within reason (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, hello I there. I can I can assure you that none of these are, none of the stories in the book are personal. They're not all personal experiences. If that's where you're going to go not with this question, <laughs> I, so, I, there are 20 chapters. I haven't had 20 marriages. That's for sure. So have have you have you been married? No, no, I haven't, and no, I'm not. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you you got into the right person there. <laughs> no, I was just hoping. Well, that that, that was that me. was that was part of the challenge, you know. As I, as I said, when when I was told that, you know, what is selling is women's fiction, and I thought I I really know nothing about this, but I I had discovered a, through writing the biography a real joy of writing, which I, I guess was probably buried there and only suddenly came to the surface relatively later in life, um, but. It was a challenge to see if I could actually do it, and um, because it's directed more at the women's market, or, or even though men are, seem to be enjoying the book, um, that that was the challenge for me to sit down and see if I could actually do it and get inside some of these characters. Um, fortunately, I'm in a in a little writers group where there are uh, five women that helped when I was going too far off base and they say, Oh, one would never say this or she, you need to describe her wedding dress a little bit more and things like that. So, um, I, I had some help, but it, it was very, it was, it was an interesting challenge. It was an, uh, interesting exercise and I had never really planned to get it published. I, I actually had, uh, put it in the computer for a couple of years and went and wrote the murder mystery um, that you alluded to earlier, and went to get that published, and then the person said, "Well, else have you written?" And I said, "Well, I've written this book about a wedding chapel." And they said, "Oh, no, 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 that's the one we've got to get out." So <laughs> uh, people seemed hell bent on getting this book out, and I don't know whether it's people or whether it's the couples in the book. Maybe they're from previous lives or something that has been suggested. Well, it's interesting that a that a single person who um who has never been married writes about weddings do you find them fascinating i mean do you go to weddings i mean imagine you've been to weddings with friends and things like that oh oh sure yeah yes i i have what um, what is it about weddings that you find appealing well it's uh, uh, obviously i i go to to weddings if um uh if i'm invited and their friends obviously want to go and sort of share their happiness um I didn't actually have. I don't have a passion for weddings per se, and even in this book, the stories aren't so much about the weddings themselves. It's the stories as to why these couples are getting married. It's just as much about relationships mm. as it is about weddings. And as I mentioned, that each chapter tells the stories behind a couple. And when they actually come to the chapel, you don't actually witness each of the wedding ceremonies. You know, when they arrive at the chapel, that is basically the end of the, the chapter and the story. And then the next couple arrives, and it's their, their story. So it's not quite the wedding so much that I'm fascinated with, but I think we're all interested in relationships and what makes people tick. How about some examples, Stephen? I know that's what I'm looking for. I mean, 
what 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 in your mind would be some of the reasons that would make people do it outside of you know the normal stuff like companionship or for financial reasons oh okay well i um uh, well, I can give you a couple of examples uh, from from the book. There's one story that um, is based on um, uh, a couple. They both really have had very troubled pasts, and they both kind of had bad backgrounds, but they both love Harley-Davidson motorbikes, and they meet, and they never have any intention of, getting involved with anybody and they just start decide to travel across the United States together on their Harley Davidsons and then over the period of the travel they find that they both have a lot in common and um you know they they fall in love there there's another chapter um where there's a couple and they both lose their spouses after 50 years of marriage and they both go to a cemetery every Sunday just for the comfort of being in their loved, being with their loved one. And they're sitting on a bench in the cemetery, and they strike up a conversation. Well, when they decide to get married, it's not out of um, passion, that's for sure, having been married you know, to their original spouses for 50 years. They're married because they've got a mutual understanding of the loneliness that they're both suffering, and they can both relate to that loneliness. So that's um, that's another reason. There's a couple of um, light-hearted chapters too. You know, there's um, obviously there's an Elvis wedding. You can't have a, a book about a Las Vegas wedding without there being an Elvis wedding. Certainly, and, you know, it's um, funny. I asked, I asked Matthew about that the other day. <laughs> yeah, he was he was hoping to participate in one. <laughs> well, they the, they they still do happen, so you know there's there some light-hearted ones, and um, uh, there's one uh, another story where two twins, two sets of twins decide to get married, and you know, twin gentlemen meet twin ladies, and all the confusion that arises. So that's a, a light-hearted one. And then there's another story with a, uh, a lady that comes up from South America. Her husband needs surgery that she can't afford, and she thinks that America's paved with gold, or the streets are. And so she comes up here, and she finds the only way she can get work is, you know, to have her papers. And she decides to do it in the the manner of she pays somebody else to marry her so she can get her citizenship or she can get her papers so she can work not because she loves the person who she's marrying here in America. It's the extent that she'll go to to get the money for her husband to have his operation. So those are the different kinds of reasons and stories that there are in this book. And then, of course, there's there's the, the couple that elope because they're, they're teenagers and um, they're pregnant and they don't want to tell their parents and the the girl doesn't want to have an, an abortion, so they decide to come to Las Vegas to tie the knot because they know their parents are going to do something, so they tie the knot and then um, head off to fresh pastures. So, there's, as I said, there's a, a potpourri of um, reasons. 
Well, Stephen, when, uh, sorry. When you get when when you get approached uh, by some TV producer after they hear this show uh, about writing for TV, Steve, uh, Matthew, and I want our ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Lamont? It's funny you should say that because um, since day one, my goal has been uh, these books are, are kind of perfect. They're very pure books. Be honest with you. You know, there's no expletives in them, and there's no graphic sex scenes. That they're, they're very pure reading. Any anybody could read them. And I've always said I'd like to sit on Hallmark as a mini series, or the Family Channel, or Disney, or Lifetime for Women, or something like that. And um, I, I've really got to do something about getting an agent, I suppose. And and try and make that happen. I'm, I'm way ahead of you, Stephen. That's my gift. Oh, it is? Now you tell me. Oh, and we've I, been thought, on I thought I just did. Half an hour. I just Why told, you, I, that I just right told you, Matthew and I, won't. 10%. You didn't get it? <laughs> <laughs> he meant each, too. He wasn't talking about a 10 split. He was talking about 10 each. Oh, listen, you know what? If you got with me that TV series, let's talk. <laughs> well, quite frankly, Matthew, twenty twenty-five percent is somewhat normal. But anyway, that's another conversation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's we're right. a three-month contract. Three-month contract, right? Hey, no, we're talking about rest of, the rest of your life. Rest of your life. Oh, oh. <laughs> Hey, I don't know about the rest of your life, you know, because I don't know. And I don't know. If you had kids, but you don't have kids, you can't put them up. No. <laughs> Lamont is always looking for an interesting possibility like that. You know, he is. So that that's um. That's my producer it, side of me. What's that's the producer? If he can side produce it, he's not so scared of it. Yeah, even though he might be nervous about the topic, he, if he thought he could make money on it, he might go for that, I think. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's right. I'm a, that's right. I'm a, I, I can see the entertainment part of it, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. I can see all the possibilities. So, Stephen, what's the story about the dog? Why is the dog in the picture? Why do we have well, a dog? No, originally, in the, in the opening chapter of the book, the, the first chapter basically tells how the chapel came into being and introduces the the manageress of the chapel, the, the wedding coordinator, if you will, and you know she's there to make sure that everything goes smoothly. And I thought, well, you know, to round out her personality, I'd give her this little daxi, you know, to indicate what kind of person she was, how she loves her little dog, and, you know, she lives by herself, and little dog prongs around affectionately after her and nuzzled beneath her feet and so on and so forth. And then I suddenly thought, you know, as each chapter came, I thought, oh, you know what, I could bring the dog in here and have him sniff at this person's feet and growl if somebody was a little bit of an unsavory character in one of the wedding stories or something like that. And um, he's almost developed a fan club of his own, if you will, um, the, the emails I get who say they just love Buster the dog, you know, it's like he's almost become the star of the show, if you will. So that's how the um, Buster came about, the dog. Interesting. 
So you 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 have a dachshund? No, I don't. I don't have a dog. Do you? Damn, you don't got a dog, and you don't have a wife. <laughs> Good. I don't have a cat. No, I have tropical fish. <laughs> oh, okay. You have look, fish? there we go. Now he, we got some fish. That's a good look. All right. <laughs> you gotta have something there. <laughs> so you, so you've been living in Las Vegas for like what, thirteen years? Thirteen years. Yes. Yes. How how in the world did you get there? Well, I I, I lived in California for twenty seven years in Southern California in um, mm-hmm. in the Los Angeles area. And I had a business there, and um, yeah, it was, I think it was just getting a little bit too overcrowded in Los Angeles, and I was just spending too much time in traffic, getting to and from my clients. And um, I, I do have a business partner, and, and we just thought, you know what, maybe it's time to move and go to where it's a little bit more tax-friendly, if you will, and there's slightly... There's not quite so much traffic, and that's what we did. We just moved it up here, and then um, we do still go down to California and, and see the clients um, hmm. from time to time, but at least we don't have to deal with that traffic. I mean, we were spending almost three hours a day in traffic, and what what quality of life's that? And so, um, right, we needed to What's move the, the business somewhere where we could fly back to California to visit our clients if we had to go back in an emergency because obviously being in the computer business if a system mm-hmm. crashes or something yeah. like that. So we had to move somewhere where we could hop on a plane and be back in Burbank you know, pretty quick. And so that's what so we did. So what's the temperature in Las Vegas today? <laughs> you don't want to know. I think it's 110 outside. That's what I was imagining. I was going to ask, what what kind of computer software do you deal with, Stephen? We, we do. Um, it's it's not PC. It's application. It's computer application software, and it's for all kinds of businesses, but mainly financial institutions, you know, banks and finance companies. And we do custom software support and okay. maintenance. So, Stephen, if you're You've been you've been doing other things. Um, how long would you say you've been you've considered yourself to be a writer? Well, when when I wrote the biography, that took me almost like two years, and then the the chapel took almost two years, and then the the murder mystery was another two years. So that's about six, I guess, and then. I started writing another murder mystery when people started saying, well, what happened to all of these people after they left the chapel? We're curious to where their lives went. So I then had to drop my second murder mystery and and come up with follow-up stories um, for the return to the chapel of eternal love. That Hmm. was never planned, incidentally. It was... I didn't think people would be that bothered as to what happened to couples after they left the altar. And it was a a very pleasant surprise when I found out that people really grew attached or were able to relate to these people and wanted to know what happened. And so I then spent another year and a half putting that together. So it's probably, what, about seven and a half, eight years, certainly since I've been in Las Vegas. Wow. 
And even so then, that, somebody that said way back when, if um, you know you're going to land up in Las Vegas and you're going to be writing a book about a wedding chapel, I would have said they were insane or nuts or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, life does throw us curves, so we never know which way it's going to steer us. And it's been a wonderful journey. It's been a very interesting journey. So it sounds like only the last six to eight years you've been serious in your writing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you say biography or autobiography? Well, well autobiography. I, I probably said biography, but I, I meant autobiography. Of, You're talking about yourself? I thought with all the countries I've been to, I, I thought it would have been interesting to put all the different cultures and from these different countries that I've traveled to mm-hmm. to put it all down I thought that might be an interesting read but apparently the the publishers thought not well sometimes sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't they they don't have they don't always have a uh, a real clear idea of what's going to sell just like a lot of other people don't I don't know if they're even better than the average person about figuring out what's going to sell but if you if you do something that you're talking about there's a probably a good market among particularly among women as you said who like to read these kind of stories so you you lived it said there was interesting how you said it you said uh, you'd lived in different countries in southern africa so that means not just south africa that that's correct um when the family left england I was I was a, a small child then. We went to live in, it's now Zimbabwe, but at the time yeah. it was southern Rhodesia. Mm-hmm. And um, after a few years there, we moved south to live in a, a very small country called Basutuland. And yes. it's now Lesotho, but that's, that's surrounded by South Africa. It's a landlocked country. And in Basutuland, there were no schools at the time, so... My brother and I were shipped off to boarding school in South Africa, so we were back and forth between South Africa and Basutoland. And then when I finished school, I went back to southern Rhodesia and took a job with a computer company, and they transferred me to Malawi for six months. Hmm. So it was, it was kind of a hodgepodge of an upbringing, if you will, you know, living in those different places. So... I didn't really live in South Africa per se. I was just at boarding school there. But, you know, I did live in Malawi and southern, southern Rhodesia and Basutoland and had schooling in South Africa. And then you came to California after that? No, I, I went back to live in London for seven years. And oh. Then I got the opportunity of a job in Los Angeles. And, I mean, let's face it, as as much as London is a fabulous city and it's got all theater and nightlife and, and it's very exciting, and certainly when I was there in the late 60s, it was a very, very exciting place to be, uh, late 60s and early 70s. But, you know, the the weather's the pits and the taxes are sky high. And when you get the opportunity of a job in California and the beaches and the palm trees, I mean, I just cast caution to the wind. I'd never been to America. I accepted the job and packed my bag and came and never looked back, you know. Well, California's a wonderful place. 
It really is. No, no Except question. Except for L.A., of course. <laughs> <laughs> you moved but to a worse L.A. in the seventies was a fabulous place to be. It really was. It was a, a it wonderful still city. Still the weather in London. Well, that's, that, that's even on a true, bad day. <laughs> even on a bad day. I lived in San Diego for a while back in the early 80s, and I'm telling you, I would get in the car and drive from San Diego to L.A. It was about a two-hour drive, and as we got closer and closer, my sinuses would get worse and worse and worse. I mean, the air was even bad then. I know we're going to get some calls or some bad emails about this one, but, oh, man, you, I can understand. But then moving to... 110, 120 in the desert. That's a pretty big, you know, L.A. in South Southern uh, California. I've heard is a lot like South Africa in terms of the uh, terrain. Well, it, it is, and I, I think it's partly because if you have a look um, where South Africa is south of the latitude south of the equator. California is almost on the same parallel north of the equator. Yeah, yeah. So it does have the same climate, and of course it's got the same mountainous stuff. It's got the same flora and fauna. You know, South Africa's got a lot of those bougainvillea bushes and trees yeah. that are prevalent mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Yeah. We don't we don't have any lions and elephants and stuff like that, though. Well, the, well, we that. <laughs> We that's probably true, used to but, have them, but, but then we they killed don't all have of them. Disneyland, and <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's right. There's always yeah. a zoo someplace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Lamont, where did you get married? And well, Lamont, L.A. What? What? Yeah. What? <clears throat> L.A. wants Texas wants Texas. That's what the man said. I think we got somebody yeah. else, man, and we'll come back to me. I think we got somebody else who wanna join us. Let me see who this is and then okay. um we'll get back to me making up some other places where I thought about it but never really did. Seven one eight, you're on. Yeah, hi, it's me again who wants to join you guys again. You're having so much fun <laughs> I wanna join. Well I wanna tell I you I got married at forty four. I was an old maid. I tell you the truth, because in 1940 I was born, so everybody got married at 18 in my era. So you know I was left behind, really left behind, only because I was I always kept isolated, and I a very very heavy chubby girl, and really lower self-esteem and all that garbage, you know that stuff. So I met my husband in school. We were going both going for GED. He was a bachelor, and uh, we we got married. We we eventually got together, so I don't know how, because we have nothing in common. After our honeymoon, I was hitting hitting him over the head with the cane because he was so agnostic and very, uh, very like, uh, uh, had no no romance, no nothing, you know, it was like, blah, you know, and I had no idea what I got myself into, so. Did you give give him a test drive before he said, I do? (laughs) Hell no, she's a good Catholic. Yeah. Well, I, well I, she, never, I, she I, hadn't answered the question. She she wasn't kidding about the pan, though. Did you hear the pan, The part about the pan? Did you hear that, Lamont? No, I missed that, no, I missed that part. She, she <laughs> said she hit him over the head with a pan. I hit him over the head with my cane. 
Oh, you're kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he got at my nerves. Right after right, the honeymoon, John, you, it was all you, over. And uh, we had nothing, John, nothing, wait a minute. nothing you in common. You didn't answer the question. You, you didn't answer his question. What? <laughs> he wanted to know that you test drive. Did I what? Did you give him a test drive before you said, I do? That test drive actually went off the road. So, but I was, I was, I just was too desperate to get married at 44. I didn't care what went off the road. As long as I had the license and I could prove to my sisters I could get married too, I was out to prove something that I could get married too. That I felt like a misfit, you know. So the test drive was really, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know if we uh, we knew what we were doing. I don't know if we knew what he was doing. He was a bachelor with, living with his mommy, you know. So uh, we were both uh, retarded. <laughs> that's scary. Now that's scary. <laughs> Maybe you should have gone the last. It sure baby. is. But thirty years, thirty years later, we're still married. I don't know why, but I still hit him over my head with the cane. <laughs> it just it's just not working. But yet we don't. I don't want to leave him because I feel sorry that he he needs me a lot. He's very you know uh, limited in a lot of things. So I uh, I uh, I take care of him, but I have no uh, no sex life. I don't get in any nookie. <laughs> and maybe 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 should maybe things will change if you quit beating him upside the head with the cane. I don't know. I'm 76 now. If I had, if I ever had uh, got sex, I would. I, I don't think it would, I could live through it. <laughs> I wouldn't live through it. I'm 76. My body's combobulated. so no, I couldn't live through a good sex night. No way. So anyway, I leave you with that thought. Thanks. She's, I love she's you guys. admitting Bye-bye. to husband abuse. <laughs> Oh, my mouth hurts. She's making me laugh as bad as we did last week. Wow. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) Ah, that was funny. So, Stephen, what's next on your your horizon, Stephen? Well, the... the, um, there are two things I, I, I do need to sort of pursue getting an agent, as I said, and seeing if I can get this uh, turned into a TV series. And the other thing is the murder mystery that I wrote. I'm revisiting that, and you know, in the light of what I've learned since I wrote it, you know, retweaking that and and trying to get that put together and get that out and published. Um, it's it's a, it's a nice murder mystery, and I'm very happy with it. But it just needs revisiting. So, um, and then putting together and editing and get that out to market. Uh, in the meantime, I'm do, enjoying doing the radio shows like this, and doing book signings, and speaking at different places, and it's a it's a load of fun. It's a, Hold on, Stephen. Enjoyable Ma- journey. Yeah, Stephen Matthew. I think we got another caller. Okay. Three one zero, you on? Well, he's on. I'm gonna be mine and picking them up from school. Hello. straight Three one zero, you on? Let me get off from work. So I'm gonna be here, but I'm staying on that office. Hello. Uh-huh. 
Okay, I guess they didn't mean to let us in on that one. <laughs> hey, Come on, they was giving they was giving somebody the business. Who are you talking to over there, man? You got your, no, your phone it wasn't me. No, I thought that was somebody another call or someone calling to join the show, you know. And I let him in, and I kept yeah. saying, "Hello, you're on. Hello, you're on." But so I can talk to somebody else. Yeah. This is like, yeah, they're talking to somebody else. That's funny. I'm glad he wasn't talking about their they mama and somebody's daddy was trying to get married or something. Yeah, Stephen, I think you're going to have to write another book about being on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and the people who call in on the radio. We we get some... Uh, we know Joan. Joan calls in a lot, so she's like. But she was really full of herself today, Stephen. So here's the thing. So you're gonna you're gonna write. You're looking for somebody to uh, uh, promote the book for uh, TV. You you ought to talk to Lamont. He's got some ideas, man. Well, I, I, I well I met with some people on Friday night who used to be in the business in in Los Angeles and. They said you, you you can't do it by yourself. It, the only way you can get into the studios is literally through an agent. And so um, I've really got to get off my tough and make that happen, as I said. And um, because I, I think it I think it will make a very nice TV series. Yes, really very was. interesting topics. I picked up on that, you know, right away. And you're right. There's nothing that you could do in this business by yourself. How Ever, I would so much love it if I could because I know I don't let me down. But when you open yourself up to other people, that's a very good possibility that could happen. But there's nothing, nothing in this industry that you could do by yourself. You just, you know, got just really got to search around till you get you a good team. And once you get that team, then you know you just got to rock and roll with it. Sure. Yes. If it's meant to happen, I'm sure it'll happen. But. Part of it's, you know, effort, and the other part is just being in the right place at the right time or connecting with the right people when it's meant to happen. So I I just keep trying away there and, as I said, speaking at various places and going to certain events. And um, it'll, it'll happen if it's meant to, I'm sure. It'll happen if it's meant to. Well, Lamont, you got you got some good ideas about this, I'm sure. Always, always. <laughs> I was still. I wanted to know where else you plan on getting married, though. You said Texas, and you said L.A., didn't you? Um, I, I actually, you know, I, I don't know, man. I might get with my man that owned Virgin Airlines or something, man. I might do some high tech shit. I don't know. Some airlines. Yeah, I said I might do some high-tech stuff. You know, I might want to go somewhere between here and, you know, the moon or something or Jupiter or something. I might want to do some shit like that. I might want to circle the Earth, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a, I got an email from my ex-wife the other day, and she said she's getting married again. She was thinking about getting married on the Queen Elizabeth II as crossing the ocean. How do you like that one? <laughs> Well, you, you know what, Matthew? That's funny because that's where my murder mystery takes place. Really? On the QE2, and a couple oh, is celebrating their silver wedding anniversary. 
What's silver? Forty? No, silver's twenty-five. Twenty-five? Yes. Oh man! Wow, twenty-five. And a couple of them Amazing. Celebrate on the QE2 with their family and their friends and uh, their record producers from Beverly Hills, Los Angeles, and and they take all their friends and family, close friends and family, on a cruise, and one of the one of the party gets bumped off. And um, that, that's oh. the lo- location of the murder mystery is on the QE2. Bumped off or fell over? I'm sorry? Did the person get, like, killed or they get thrown off the boat? Oh, no. They actually get they, they get killed on the ship. They're not, they're not oh, thrown boy. overboard. No, that, there's, there's no missing what, body. body what, is. Hey, Matthew, that's usually what bumped yeah. off means, you know. Got killed, like smoked, like rubbed out. <laughs> well, you know more about this stuff than I do, man. <laughs> well, I'm in I Hollywood, of course. You're in Hollywood, yes, you are. Yeah, Stephen, you're, yeah. you're actually talking to a a serious actor here in Lamont. He's in a lot of stuff, man. I mean, he's very he gets around. He probably knows people who know people. Well, you know, if you're an actor in Hollywood, Lamont, maybe you can be taken on one of the lead roles in, in um, this book, if ever it makes it into a TV series. There's probably several roles you could play. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I like it. I think you ought to get Joan. No, I'm, fascin- I'm fascinated with the old prospect of acting, like Matthew mentioned. I've been inquired a few of the... Uh, the top TV shows that are out in the last year, pretty much, have been pretty much all of them, one time or another. Really? But uh, I'm for, more fascinated right now about, about the whole production part of it, and actually, what I've been doing that whole other exercise for is actually learn the whole TV, um, you know, business. And we have another show that's in production right now that we already have distribution for as well. So we kind of keep it moving and grooving over here. So I know a lot about Good for that, you. So. Good for you. Well, you don't want yeah, to, let, to let the grass grow under your feet, that's for sure. No, no. Can, can you can't afford to so, do that. So, so Lamont, in all of this, you, you this Stephen got you persuaded that, you know, you should go to Las Vegas for your next wedding? <laughs> uh, well, like I said, I, I may take Stephen on this, this this space flight or something like that, but I, I don't know about the, the Vegas thing for me. That seems a little bit too common, you know what I mean? Not to I'll say that you know, not not to say that it's not good for some that haven't had that experience. But you know, I lived in Vegas for quite a while, and I'm, I know. I'm, I'm really I'm really not happy with the 110 degrees. You know, I, I dealt with that too. So, um I just when I when I do decide to say I do, I want to make sure it's it's really cool, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, but you know well then you don't you don't come in the month then when it's 110 degree heat, you come in the winter months when it's much cooler. I mean, it's we only get heat <laughs> hey, for a couple of hey, months. Hey, I know of about year, hey, look, I know about like that it's... part too. I know about it snowing up there and hail falling sometimes in the winter, sometimes in the summer. So I know about that too. I tell you what, I, I tell you what, Lamar, you know, when you get married the next time, you should you should have. I'll I'll do the ceremony for you. I'll marry you. I'll do the service. 
you know oh, I can do it. Yeah, we we well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a really look really 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 forward to that, you know. <laughs> well, and 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 you know what, too, Lamont, I think as as I rec- recall, you had um a guest on about a month ago. I think her name was Constance Constance Arnold. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 And um I I listened to her show and she was she was talking about relationships and partnerships and what have you, and I I, I assume she she she's an expert on the subject. I think she was a psychologist as, as well. And um, but I would take issue with something that she said, and I mean this in the nicest possible way. Um, she said that people should look for it's like people who attract people who are like themselves. They attract each other, and that's the best thing. And I, if, if I understand that correctly, I'm not too sure that I would agree with that. I think um, people are attracted by like values, but I think the personality traits, like um, a shy person is probably going to be attracted to somebody who's outgoing, and an outgoing person's uh, attracted to somebody who might be a little bit more shy and retiring. I think we look in others for characters that we don't have. So I agree. For my 10 cents, when you were asking about what do I know about marriage and weddings and what have you, those would just be my observations, I think. And I did learn a lot from writing these books, strange as it may seem. Um, when you start getting into characters and what they're going to be like and how they're going to react and what's going to make them attracted to each other, I think the values, you each have to have the same core values. That's where the similarity stops, I think then you have to go for the opposites attract aspect. Well, there's a great uh, there's a great theme in relationships where in many cases opposites do attract, and yes. that seems very interesting to many people in the beginning, but as time goes on, unless there's a great deal of depth in the relationship, the opposites begin to irritate each other, and it's a source of a lot of conflict in marriages, so I, I do understand what you said, and ultimately, it, it, compatibility takes it into a different area. So there, there is there is that yin and yang thing, that opposite thing that does affect relationships. But that's always sometimes not always easy for couples to deal with. And um, but isn't isn't that where you find the balance at, Matthew? The the, the strength. One strength uh, versus another weakness. I mean, don't you get a balance in there too? Only if both people have a very strong commitment to learn from and integrate what the other person's opposite energy is. Otherwise, after a while, the shy person becomes irritated at the outgoing character of the other one, and the outgoing character becomes annoyed with the other person is too quiet. And it can get pretty difficult unless they have a very deep commitment to see that as a um, as an asset, as a contribution to 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 each person. You know, it's a kind of a sharing. If that happens, it can make a difference. But Stephen's right. There's a lot of opposite attraction. Um, it's not well, always I, easy to deal with. No, well, I, I think too, though, that sometimes. Attributes rub off on each other too. So sometimes the shy person will learn to be a little bit more 
gregarious from the well, from the outgoing partner and then mm-hmm. the outgoing person will learn from the shy person because that's what attracted them in the first place and they will become a little less outgoing so sometimes it's give and take and rubbing off you know I think hopefully it, we won't mellow over the agree. years you, oh yeah <laughs> well, Have you I could be wrong there. Balance. And there comes balance. Uh-huh. We would hope mm-hmm. so, right? We would hope so. Some balance would come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've been listening to our show, Stephen. I, Constance is great. I enjoyed her a lot. Yes, and I, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, I, I think she has a radio show, so I might even call yes, her. Yes, she does. Not, not necessarily take her to task <laughs> on what she said, because I, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just not too sure. Is it? Um, I think there's probably a little bit more to it in terms yes. of there should be similar attributes, but um, I think the, the values should be similar, but personality should be somewhat opposite. That's just my perception, but. What do I know? I'm not a marriage guidance counselor, and I haven't been through 15 weddings where I can say I can talk from personal experience either. Well, Matthew, know about that part of it. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. That's what I do, Stephen. I work well, with couples. Oh, you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh you're, you're, what? As as in counseling? Yeah, uh, I'm a relationship coach for about over 40 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, good for you. In fact, I just came out with a new book called The Resurrection of Romance, which is about uh, romantic love and how we can sustain that in relationships. So I'm always interested in people who are in relation, you know, writing about relationships. So that's an interesting topic to me. Well, I did see that on on your website, but I wasn't aware, you know, of of your experience that compelled you to to write, you know, the book about the resurrection of romance. Yeah, I was, it did. I wasn't aware. Well, you'd probably find um, you'd probably find my book equally as interesting then as well, because uh, it's as I said, it really is about relationships. Yeah, I I think that they're uh, a, a great wonderful mystery and um they can take us to some amazing heights or some terrible depths as both Lamont and I can probably testify to both sides of that <laughs> <laughs> so Lamont we almost war, we almost some of the greatest here. some of the greatest wars in history was fought over love yeah that's true right. that's true mm-hmm. yes and Remember, in, in Great Britain, in our history, too, I mean, King gave up his throne for us as well. Yeah, he did. God bless him. Lamont, we've got to give uh, Stephen a little time to do some advertising here. Yeah, go for it. Stephen, if could you share a little bit about how people can get in touch with you or learn about your books and anything else you'd like to tell about, you know, how to get in contact with what you're doing. Sure. Um, the the book is available, obviously, on Amazon and Kindle. Um, it can be ordered through any any bookstore anywhere in the world. You just walk into a bookstore, it can be ordered. It's uh, distributed through Ingram Spark. 
if they want personally signed copies of the book, um, they can just go to the website, www.chapeloveternallove.com, and both books are there. If they want signed copies, there's a place where they can order it. My email address is there. They can email me directly if they have any questions or any comments. Um, I do not have a fan base yet that warrants a, a team of six secretaries handling the mail, so it's all answered by me, little old me. And I um, also have a Facebook page, which uh, if you go to the website, uh, you'll, you'll see the Facebook page, and you can click on there and either friend and then f- follow on and see, see where I'm going and where I have book signings, where I have speaking engagements. And um, certainly if you know any agents that are interested in uh, turning this into a TV series, absolutely be sure and email me. And the email address is on my website. Great. Fantastic. And this show will be available everywhere in approximately three minutes. Oh, my goodness. That's cool. For those that joined us late, you know, we certainly appreciate you. And um, hopefully you've heard and learned something that would benefit you or entertain you or you got something that will help make your day. How about that, Matthew? Tell them where to go get your book also. Oh, you can go to theresurrectionofromance.com. It's the name of the book, theresurrectionofromance.com. And you can read my articles, watch my videos, and enjoy all the stuff that's there. And also you can buy the book there in Kindle or in paperback. So, And you can, my, as Stephen said, my email address is there. And anybody who wants to contact me will send that. It's dra at mattcoyote.com. Thanks, Lamont. And also, Dr. Matthews at worldmovement.com. Also, you can go to worldmovement.com, World Movement Publishing. There's links on there where you can get this show. Um, you can order books as well. You can see everything that's going on with World Movement Enterprises. Definitely come back and join next week, same time. Matthew and myself will be here on Can Play a Play. And again, we'd like to thank our guest today, Dr. Stephen Murray. Thank you very much, Lamont and Matthew. And I, it's been a real pleasure and a joy. And I thank you both and, and also your listeners for tuning in. Thank All you. Right. you. Take care. We'll, Wishing you much love and happiness. Same to you. Goodbye. I'll be